What up, and welcome to another edition of the Twelve Six Podcast. I'm joined here, as always, by my co-host Mario. How we doing? What up, man? What up? How's it going? Good, pretty good. And today we are joined by a very special guest, the Aztec League on base percentage king and the base running specialist, Scuba Steve. How we doing? Oh, dude, I'm doing good, dude. I'm just chilling, watching the Bucks down here in Tampa, dude. Champa Bay. Thank you for having me, boys. Yeah, I gotta say we're excited for this one, man. We've had a, we've had a few guests on, but I'm excited for this one. For those of you guys that don't know, uh, Scuba Steve, aka Nick, my brother that lives down in, uh, he calls it Champa Bay. Um, so yeah, man, we're very excited to have you on. Thank you, dude. Thank you. All right, so let's kick it off. Let's let's get it going, man. So uh, today we're gonna talk about a few things. Since we have Nick on, um, we'll start off with the, the the college football world because there was some pretty upsetting games yesterday, some pretty shocking uh, results. So uh, what do we think first? We'll talk about the Ohio State and Michigan game, right? So that game, uh, it uh, went Michigan's way. What do we think about that, Nick? What are your thoughts on that that whole game there? Um, Ohio State sucks. <laughs> Um, well, you know, Ryan's, my brother is an Ohio state fan and I'm a Wisconsin fan and, you know, Wisconsin's pretty good. We'll always do really good. Meet them in the big 10 championship usually, um, at the end of the year. And and, and they, and I don't think we've ever beat them. I don't even, (laughs) I don't even remember once in my lifetime that Wisconsin has beat Ohio state. So, um, so it was, yeah, it was nice to see them go down. I was going to say, how do those games usually end up, those Big Ten championship games? Same as for Michigan. You know, I mean, what, it was the first time in 10 years Michigan had beat them, so. Yes, the last time the last time Ohio State lost to Michigan, I think I was 13 years old, 12 or 13 years old. So, it, it's been a long time coming. And people yesterday, they are giving me a bunch of shit about <laughs> Michigan beating them. But it's like, dude, I can't even remember the last time you guys beat us. So, I mean, streaks are made to be broken, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, you guys are definitely the uh, cream of the crop of the uh, Big Ten for sure. You know, probably the only team that could, you know, I mean, since I moved to Florida, I watched quite a bit of SEC. And, you know, Ohio State's right there with Alabama, Georgia. um, You know, I mean, you guys are definitely elite. But it would be nice to see uh, what next week we got Michigan and Iowa. So. Yeah, and the thing about it is, like, with Ohio State losing, they're obviously going to be out of the college football playoffs. So if Michigan beats Iowa, which I expect them to, it will be nice to have, like, new blood in the CFP. You know, yeah. It's like the last the last couple of years, it's just been the same teams in it every single year. Mm-hmm. So if Michigan gets in there, it'll be nice to see somebody new in the Final Four, you know, trying to compete for that championship. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, going into the day, um, the f- – if Ohio State had won, they would have been in the Big Ten Championship, which everybody thought they were going to win. And then Wisconsin, if they would have won their game over Minnesota, who wasn't even ranked, um, they would have been in as well. So it would have been Ohio State-Wisconsin. But we end up both of them losing, and we have Michigan-Iowa. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I, I kind of want to talk about the Ohio State game just a little bit more in depth. Um, you said that you had a chance to watch a little bit of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, just I watched the entire game and dude, that was like the first time in a long time that I've seen Ohio State just straight up like bullied from the opening kickoff to the very end there. Like I I haven't seen them get dominated like that in a, in a long, long time. Like 
it seemed like Michigan, they could just run all over them at will. And it's almost like Ohio State knew they were running it, and Michigan's up front, their O-line just dominated them. And, I mean, to be honest, I really wasn't expecting that at all. And it was a huge shock. But at the beginning of the year, like Jim Harbaugh said that his number one goal this year was to beat Ohio State. So I, I seriously think that they all year long were preparing for this game, preparing for this game. And they got their ass kicked, dude. I mean, there's there's nothing more to say about it than Michigan State just looked like the more dominating team yesterday. Do you think Harbaugh would have got fired if he wouldn't have won? I think so. I would say so. So what now that they now that they won that buys them another five years? <laughs> I, I don't think it buys them another five years, but I think it kind of like gives them like a better like argument. Like maybe he won't get fired so I soon. Mean, what he lost he he lost what five games before the one win? Yes, yeah, he was on five. So, in his I mean, I, I could see them giving him another five losses. You know, it's rare that Michigan beats Ohio State. I could see them giving him another five losses until. I mean, yeah. dude, the, I mean the that's nuts. That is, just shows you how dominant dominant uh, Ohio State is. Yeah, I was going to say, the thing about it is, like, that was only their second win in the last 20 years against Ohio State. So yeah. it's not really a hardball thing. It's just that Ohio State is just, like you said, like, they're the cream of the crop, dude. Like, in all of college football, they, they just do, they dominate everybody, dude. Like, I can't remember the last time they lost to Indiana or Michigan State or – Good thing that you grew up there and family from there, and that's why you're a fan, right? Yeah, I grew up in Columbus. What are you talking about? <laughs> hey, like the For the record, everybody, Ryan has absolutely no uh, affiliation with the state of Ohio. But, you know. Wait, where is our family from? Oh, gosh, like 100 years ago. <laughs> All right, what part of our family is from Madison, Wisconsin? Well, actually, Madison, Wisconsin is closer to where we grew up than uh, University of Illinois. Okay, so are, are, you a, are you a Bucks fan now too? <laughs> yeah, I live here. So no, are you oh, a Milwaukee Bucks fan? Oh no, oh why not? Chicago, uh, pro sports, all Chicago, uh, college, Wisconsin. So. Sounds like shit to me. <laughs> oh man. But anyways. Let's talk. Okay, we talked about how they getting their ass kicked. Let's lead us into your uh, Badgers, dude. What happened against Minnesota, man? <laughs> oh God, dude. So I always say, like Wisconsin is like basically the college version of the Bears, dude. Like I've been a fan for over ten years now, and their quarterbacks are always terrible. For some reason, they can never recruit a good quarterback. They have a good running game. They have a great offensive line. Um, you know, running back university, offensive line university. Um, uh, defense is usually okay, but dude, their offense just always sputters. Like it's so infuriating. They they can't they can't score points. Um, just dumb mistakes throughout the game. It's literally like watching the Bears, and then uh, they're always like good, but can never quite you know they've been knocking on the door of the college playoffs multiple times but can never quite do it it's just so it's very frustrating and yeah yesterday they i mean they just played not great yesterday it was a close game rivalry game but yeah that's the life of a uh wisconsin fan yeah yeah i mean your comparisons to the bears are very spot on like yeah. they are like offensive line running back college like if, if you want to get drafted 
high, you go to Wisconsin and those two facets. But, dude, like their inability to 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 recruit good quarterbacks just mm. blows my mind. Like, because it's a huge university that's very reputable. So Wisconsin, Wisconsin, yeah. and every that's single Russell, year, uh, Russell Wilson went there, right? Right, Russell Wilson was like the yeah, last great yeah, quarterback. That, that's true. He did, yeah. But, yeah, he tra- he was a transfer though. He was a transfer. He wasn't a recruit. Yeah, I think um, he just had one year there. Yeah. Right. Uh, transfer won, from NC State. They won the Rose Bowl that year. Yeah, but like the last couple of years, their quarterbacks just they I don't know for whatever reason it is they just have a hard time recruiting good quarterbacks, and um, you know it's kind of shocking to me why why they can't do that. Um, but your Badgers though, I mean, they started off zero and three. They finished the season really really strong, like. They what 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 did they start the year ranked? It was top ten, wasn't it? They were like yeah, I mean ten, fifteen around there, and they they started one and three, then they won seven games in a row, and then they lost last week. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, what's that going to put them in another Outback Bowl or something? Yep. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, dude. We're, we're, yeah, we're uh, they they they'll probably be ranked around. 20th heading into bowl season get a good bowl they do good in bowls they usually do win their bowl games the peach bowl the strawberry bowl or whatever the hell it is right yeah they'll probably get an outback bowl or more yeah <laughs> what are they <laughs> outback out, out bowl citrus bowl they're like they're the like bowl. bowls that aren't the that aren't the top six but like those those other couple ones yeah my Buckeyes, dude, they'll be in a good bowl. They'll get the uh, Rose Bowl. Or, if, yeah. I don't know if the Rose Bowl is a college football playoff bowl this year, but they'll be in the Rose Bowl. They'll be in one of those big New Year's uh, New Year's Day bowls. Well, I hope for everybody listening, I hope your college team doesn't suck. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, so looking at the rankings right now, the AP rankings, uh, Georgia's number one, obviously. Michigan has jumped to number two, Cincinnati three, and Alabama four. So that's probably what you're looking at at this point. Good. I'm excited about Cincinnati being in there. I mean, just like you said, new blood, man. Like, it'll be cool to see, like, a couple new teams, and then we'll probably end up with uh, Alabama, Georgia. And then... <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to happen. Well, the thing about that is, like, one of those two are going to have to win the SEC. And it's like, does the, does the loser of the SEC, either Georgia or Alabama, still get in the college football playoff? Uh, well, so Georgia, <laughs> Georgia doesn't have any losses, though, right? Right. If they lose, I imagine them still getting in. But what yeah. about Bama? Oh, dude, no. Like, it, Bama cannot get in with two losses, dude. Like, you can't you can't let that happen. I mean, but then who would be ahead of them? Notre Dame? Well, that's yeah, the that's thing. Oklahoma up, State yeah. just beat Oklahoma. So, oh. they're five. They could sneak in. Okay. Or Notre, Notre Dame. I think Notre no, Dame I, would be the team to get in. Alabama loses in the SEC championship. They have two losses. I First of all, everybody's sick of seeing them in it. You know, if they lose, they better not make it with two losses, and o- Oklahoma State would be a good. No, and to be honest, like the way it is right now, I don't see them even worthy of a final spot, dude, because they almost lost to freaking Auburn last that night. Was crazy, man. God. Auburn was... six and five, and they they should have lost to them. They scored a touchdown with like twenty seconds left in regulation, because Auburn's just a bad team, and they give up that final minute touchdown. I don't even think they should be in the top four to to begin with. Yeah. So, it, no, it's interesting, though, because I think if Michigan loses, let's just say Michigan loses to Iowa and let's say Alabama loses to Georgia in the conference championships, dude, it'll be a really interesting Final Four. Like, imagine if the Final Four was Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame. That'd be crazy. Yeah, it'd just be nice to see different <laughs> different teams. Like yeah, you said, but... it was the same. It felt like it was the same four teams for like so many years. 
So you think if Cincinnati plays, uh, let's say Georgia first round, oh, you think get, it's a route? Yeah, they get bumped. Dude, I don't know. I actually I wanted Cincinnati to make the Final Four last year, and they left them out. And then I remember, I don't know if you remember, they played Georgia in like a. Uh, it was one of the New Year's Six bowls. It wasn't the playoff. They played Georgia last year, um, and it was a close game, like a really close game in the bowl game. So, hey, hey, Nick. What? Do you know where Cincinnati's head coach reigns from? No idea. The Ohio State. Okay. Trickle. No, I'm just saying, dude, Ohio State is pretty dominating. So Cincinnati plays Houston on Saturday, the fourth, right? That's that's who they're playing then. Yeah. And yeah, Houston's not very good. I mean they're ranked, but I think yeah, ranked. Cincinnati should should route them. Should be a good game to you know watch and and uh, see Cincinnati show themselves against a ranked team, you know. Well, they gotta. Yeah, I mean, they gotta win. I mean, a win's a win, right? If they win that game, they're in the playoffs. So yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. So, anyways, college football. You got any last thoughts about college football? The last regular season game uh, this past week. Any last thoughts? No, Wisconsin it choked like usual, and uh, nope. Next subject. All right, man. So from uh, from college football, how about uh, yeah, man? A lot of good talk there, man. I like you. I like Nick. You're a pretty knowledgeable, dude, man. Good good job there uh, with that. Um, so we got a couple other things we want to talk about today. Uh, obviously, you being from Tampa, let's jump right into the, to to the Rays, man. What are your thoughts on the Rays? They made some news this week with Wander Franco and all this stuff, spending some money. Uh, so what what do you think about that, man? Yeah, no, I'm stoked on uh, Franco. Um, so it's weird, man. So, like, you know, I grew up in Chicago my whole life. Obviously, we had the, the Cubs and the White Sox, two huge franchises in one city. Um, where down here, we're struggling to hold on to our franchise, man. As you know, like the struggling attendance and um, – yeah, the struggling attendance, and they're, they're talking about leaving. Um, the, the Rays are talking about leaving. I don't know how much you guys hear about it, but, you know, being here, um, they have a stadium. It's an older stadium that the lease is running up on. And so they're trying to – we're trying to get them here, uh, stay here. And uh, one thing that I heard that is it's a problem and it makes sense is, you know, as a lower-budget team, um, they struggle keeping big-name guys on the roster for, for a long time. And – so to have a player like Franco where we can have guys, people that buy his jersey and are able to wear that for the next 10 years and really, you know, hang their hat on having a, a good player. I mean, that's that's huge. That's that's huge for us. So I, I like the move locking up the guy while he was young. I mean, it's a lot of money for him, but, you know. Um, yeah, it's so, got to be the most it's got to be the most money they've ever spent on, a, uh, on any player, free agent or not. And my first question regarding the Rays is going to be who has the worst fan base in all of baseball and why is it the Rays? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's a couple things. So like I said, that stadium, it's just not, you go there, I've been to a few games. It's just, you got to really like baseball because there ain't a whole lot going on besides the game. You know what I mean? It's not a Wrigley field where you got all the views and, I mean, it's a rough stadium, man. Um, so not many people go because of that. Um, and other than that, I guess, just for some reason, people don't really support the team too much. Um, I don't know if it's because we got a 
you know, it's because Tampa Bay is a million times better than the shithole that you guys live in. And we got other things. <laughs> other th- we have other things to do. No, I don't know. Um, but anyway, with the new, they, they, what they need is a new stadium. And also, I don't know if you know that the, the stadium's not in Tampa. It's in St. Petersburg, um, which is kind of like the second city in the area, but it's a lot smaller and that hurts too. So what they need to do is build a new stadium in Tampa. And that's what they're talking about. If they're able to build a new stadium in Tampa, they're going to get more fans, you know, that stadium locked down. And then also the, the area is growing, you know, there's a lot of people moving down here right now. And with the success of the team over the last couple of years, the Rays have been really good. I just am hoping, praying they build that new stadium and, um, you know, I have the Rays for a long time to come. Yeah, I was going to say about that. Like up here, obviously in Chicago, we've got we've got all the major sports here: Blackhawks, Bears, two baseball teams, and the Blackhawks, dude. Like, they're a huge franchise, but up here you don't really see much about them. You don't see people flying their flags. You don't see jerseys. Well, especially with the uh, with the whole scandal that just well, happened. Yeah, what the heck going on? Too. People are kind of like you know whatever about it, but but down what, like what talking about the light the lightning the Tampa Bay Lightning. I was going to say, when I come visit you down in Tampa, dude, there is lightning stuff everywhere. <laughs> it's fucking like, bizarre. Huge. It's bizarre, isn't it, man? It's yeah, like... <laughs> huge billboards and, like, the yeah. sides of buildings yeah. painted with their stuff. And it's like, when you go down there, you wouldn't even know that there's a baseball team that plays here. Nope. It's really yeah. weird. We're up here. It's the total opposite. Like, the Blackhawks are huge. But if you came and visited, you wouldn't even know the Blackhawks play here. Whereas yeah. down there, it's like, you sure shit know the lightning are there. And yeah. the Rays have had just as – I mean, they haven't won the World Series, but they've had just as much success as them. Well, it's just like, man, it's just not a baseball town for whatever so reason. With, with the Lightning, um, so like kind of like I'm talking about with like stadiums and stuff. So the Lightning built a brand-new stadium not long ago right in the heart of Tampa, um, down on the river. Um, it's a new stadium. They built a lot of restaurants and shopping around it, and it's just – it's a great, cool place to go. And on top of that, the team's really good. So, you know, I think that kind of is the draw with that. So that goes back to the new, the stadium thing concerning the Rays. So I know you said that, like, people were taught, like, how you mentioned the whole moving the team deal, right? Like, it's more of a conversation. Like, what exactly are, like, the conversation amongst, like, the fans? Like, are people legit worried about it? I mean, it sounds like ownership's, like, really trying to move it. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts, like, like um, being amongst, like, the common folk there? Like, what do you guys think? Uh, and, like, how soon do you think that's going to happen in, in, like, your area? Yeah, well, when I first moved here, um, like, I did, hadn't heard about that. And, like, but everybody I talked to was saying it. They're on the radio. They'd be saying it. <laughs> um, and... Yeah, it's it's like I said because of the attendance problems and stuff. It, it's dude, it's it's real. Um, and uh, they're like they're saying, I think they have like six more years lease on that stadium. But I mean, there's like plans. A big plan was to split half of the season in Montreal and have half of the season here. Yeah. Um. So it's dude, like it's. I mean, I think like a couple of years ago, the feeling is far, like when I talk to people, I moved here a little over a year ago, but like two, three years ago, everybody was just assuming that they were going to be gone. I mean, it makes sense. You watch the games on TV. There's nobody in that stadium. 
But I think in the last couple of years, you know, we've had a lot of success. We were in the World Series. We won 100 games this year. Um, and on top of that, there's a lot of people moving to Florida right now, as you know, with everything that's gone on over the last year. So, like, this area is just growing and growing and growing. And so I don't – if I was the owner of the team, it's like it, Tampa is, is, like I said, is growing like crazy. So – it would just make sense, right? Um, money wise to, to stay here. So I, I think they will stay. Just cross my fingers. So yeah. Yeah, we all I think we all hope so too. I mean, and it sounds like there's a lot of Tampa fans out there. Like it doesn't seem like it, but it sounds like like they have a decent following of, of like for baseball fans at least. So well, a couple things. Like you're right, like the area that you live in, there's so Hello. much Yeah, you still there? Getting back to more Rays talk, um, the thing I was going to say about them leaving is, like, I'm not a huge fan when sports franchises can't solve their problems and they just pick up and leave. It's kind of like when the Rams – the Rams were in the same situation, kind of. They had a bad stadium, old stadium. Um, they picked up and moved to Los Angeles. Like, I want to see them work it out where they where they keep the Rays in Tampa Bay. And the thing I was going to say is, like, dude, you guys have enough revenue coming in through tourism, like just the tax dollars that comes in through all the tourists that come down there. And like you said, like people are moving there like, like crazy, yeah. like crazy. Like the, the area soon might be one of the one of the hot spots in, in America to move to where yeah. more tax dollars are going to come in. Like there should be no reason why they can't build one of these new generation stadiums that are just amazing. And they keep the Rays where they should be in Tampa Bay like they always have been. Um, so I don't know what your thoughts on that are. Just keep like keep them there. Don't move. Like, you see too many franchises nowadays just pick up and leave. And to me, it, it screws over the fan base that's loyal and has been loyal throughout their whole life. So, yeah, man, it would suck. I mean, as a like lifelong huge baseball fan, like I mean, like yeah, I'm very, very passionate about keeping them here. To be, you know, I mean, that would that would suck if they left. It's awesome to have an MLB team. The stadium is like 10 minutes from where I live right now, and yeah, it's nice to have them. And I really don't want them to go and. Like you said, man, I mean, imagine that crushes people that, you know, have been fans for their whole lives and they leave. That sucks. I mean, it's exciting for the new city to get it, but. Yeah. You yeah. Um, yeah, one more thing about the stadium. Like when I, when I came and visited and I saw it for the first time, dude, is it looks like a huge, uh, it looks like a basketball arena. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, yeah, exactly. It's a piece of shit. I mean, it's not good, but. <laughs> Keeping it in baseball talk, something else we want to talk about is kind of like you're – how old are you right now? About 29? I'm going to be 30 in like a month or so. Okay. So, like, growing – You're going to be 30? Damn, man. He's getting old. Jeez, Nick. <laughs> He's not that same when we were playing Aztec League, know, swiping man. bases and getting those yeah, no, dude. He was getting – he was out there breaking each row's record and stuff. It was crazy, man. <laughs> but – what I was going to say is, like, when we grew up, we kind of grew up in two different eras of baseball. Like, you grew up in the, um, like, get on base, leadoff guy is super important, um, yeah. you know, speed at the top of your order, all yeah. those things. And yeah. yeah. Kind of when we, when, as we watched it, me and Mario here, it's more so, like, hit for power. Uh, on base percent, on base percentage is important, but, like, the leadoff guy, you don't really need that stereotypical leadoff guy anymore. Um, so, what are your thoughts, kind of, as you've, watched baseball back in the late 90s 
growing up, we watched baseball early to mid two thousands. Growing up, what do you think, or what do you think about the new state of the game? Um, I mean, I just think that it's gotten too far away from traditional baseball. Um, you know, baseball's been around since the late eighteen hundreds. You know, I mean baseball is America's pastime and it was played pretty much the same way for about a hundred years. And there's a reason for that. Um, now I understand with the new age stuff, um, you got these, a lot more power. Uh, you have a lot more power uh, batting as well as power pitching. Um, so it's, it's different, but yeah, like you said, I mean, I just, I guess I grew up playing when I was young and watching, like you said. I mean, the leadoff guy was super important. He was always a skinny, fast guy that, you know, would swipe bases. Um, you had small ball, a lot of bunting. Yeah, uh, bunting, steal, hit and run, stuff like that. Stealing. Um, and then on top of that, you know, base running was so important where like nowadays the guys are sloppy as hell on the bases mm. uh the defense uh it's different now i mean it, there's high level defenders now but it, defense isn't defense isn't the glamour thing you know like it you know um what nowadays it's hitting home runs and power pitching and scoring you know grand slams but the, the thing to me, man, um, and even when I play with you guys, maybe it's just because that's my maybe my style of play. Like, I wasn't a power hitter. I was more of a contact guy. Um, get on base, take walks, get on base, work on your leadoffs. Um, like, man, when I'm on those base paths, I'm tuned in, and I'm looking to take that extra base, secondary leads. Like, man, that stuff – that. And it worked for me. I mean, like you said, like, I mean, I, I scored. I think Victor was our leadoff guy. Yeah, he was. <laughs> on, on our on our team, our rec league that we played in, right? And I, I hit ninth. I hit ninth. And I think I was at least second in run scored behind him, maybe maybe right there with him. Um, and that's just because – and how do you win a baseball game? You win by scoring runs. And to me, like if I was a coach, I would just stress on base percentage, whether that's walks, whatever, that single going the other way, good base running, taking the extra bases, good defense, stuff like that to me is important. And it, it wins baseball games. And you see it sometimes. There's managers now, um, Alex Cora, that are more kind of that old school, old school way. Um, so I just think that that's kind of been lost a little bit. You know, you forgot about one of the most old school managers, by the way. He's playing. Uh, he's in the South Side of Chicago. Nick, what about him? What do you think about that guy? Yeah, I I mean, living here, I wasn't able to watch many of those games. Um, I, I know there was. Well, that dude's old, too. I mean, he's like old. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like late 70s. Old. He's older than the president of the United States right now. That's crazy. So he's coaching 20 year olds and he's 70 something. And so that, that might cause an issue there. I mean, but. The, the thing I will say about that, though, is, like, what I think was really smart about the White Sox is it's, like, the yin and the yang thing. Like, he brings the old the old mentality to it, like, everything you just stressed about. But also, I think everybody hired around him has got that new age 
uh, modern modern baseball mind. So it's like the yin, yin and the yang. Like you bring you bring yeah. both together, and it, no, it work out for the Sox really really well. Um, no, dude, I I I completely agree. I mean, I completely agree. Um, and like all the uh, uh, the analytics and stuff in the the power hitting the launch launch angles and all this crazy stuff like yeah man give me a team with some good hitters like that and uh guys with speed on the base pass you got to combine it all man but even with those star players i'd be i'd be uh stressing to them you know when you hit a ground ball you're you're running it out every single time and when you get on that base path you're working that secondary lead and you're rounding those bases, trying to take that extra bait. It all, if you put them both together, that's obviously right. I mean, I think we can all agree, probably the right way that baseball should be played. Yeah. The only thing I will say about that, though, is, and I know you're going to disagree with me here, is they play 162 games a year. It's it's day in, day out. You might hit three ground balls in one day, and, and you want them to you want them to 110 percent it every time down the baseline. <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, not everybody's, <laughs> not everybody's a teacher like you, Ryan. I work my ass off 300 <laughs> days a year. So, no, 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 no. I'm talking when you play 162 games a year. And how many injuries do you see a year where some guy's trying to bust out a ground ball, a routine ground ball, it's an out, and they pull a hammy, sprinting it down the first baseline when he maybe could have taken it 70% when it's a routine out. He's going to be out regardless. And yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do you, you know, like Cal Ripken, dude, played, what, every single game for 20 that'll, years? That'll probably be the 20, yeah, 20 years in a row. And I bet if you went back and watched tape of Cal Ripken, that dude's playing his ass off. So Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. It's just a change in times, too, man. I feel like, uh, like the athlete today is different than the athlete – like in the 80s and the 90s. Like, I know guys use steroids too, like Jose Canseco and Barry Bonds, like, and Ken Griffey didn't use steroids, but like they were all like insane athletes. But I mean, look at Luis Robert, you know what I'm saying? Dude's like, like the prototypical, like if you were to build somebody in a lab, that's what you're going to build type dude, you know? Guys like that, and they're, they're, they can't even stay on the field, you know, 162. So I don't know what it is these days. I don't know if it's, I, I couldn't tell you what it is. I, it's just, it's just players don't play the way they used to, they weren't able to like have that kind of energy every single day. I, I don't know what it is. Um, I mean, I'm sure somebody with more knowledge could tell us, but yeah, man, I would say the, the whole, uh, the whole playing 162 thing. I mean, I would say it's kind of tough to, to run out every single ground ball. Um, like every time, I mean, I could see why well, guys I think wouldn't. they look at the cost benefit. Like if you're losing 10, zero, you're going to run out a ball or like, like Manny Machado, he's probably like one guy you could call out for that. Dude never runs say, out of any ball. It's not eyewash. You know, yeah. people do that. Like the the 12th or the 26th man on the roster, he's going to gut it out every yeah. single time. But does Manny Machado need to Manny run Manny Machado out of a won't even ball? run down a routine ground ball in an LCS game. He was dogging it when they played the Brewers those few years ago when he was on the Dodgers. He was dogging it down the line like like a lazy bum, you know. It's like, okay, I can see, like, people getting pissed off about those kinds of players. But, yeah. Uh, while we're on this topic, whole thing, Something else I wanted to talk to you about was um, in this modern day and age, something that you didn't see growing up was the shift. Um, all teams now use the shift. Sometimes you'll see three guys on the right or the left side of the infield. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do you think the shift is good for baseball? Well, I appreciate your question and your uh, journalism. Um, but uh, we saw shifts. 
um, but they were uh, not as heavy. I mean, you know, you have a number three, four hitter coming up. That's a right-handed, you know, everybody's shifting around to his pull side, but they're not doing these dramatic shifts. But um, I don't think shifts were ever, ever, ever seen like this (laughs) into the last couple of years. No, right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we had we had shifts, but they weren't like these dramatic, you know, putting all four infielders on the one side of second base or something like that. But um, yeah, I don't I mean, I don't have a problem with shifts. I don't care. Like I'm for defense. I'm all for defense. I think defense is probably one of the most enjoyable parts of baseball. And um, yeah, I mean, if you think that that's where he's going to hit the ball, then yeah, no, I don't have a problem with that. You think, uh, do you think like uh, like the Padres, how they do their shift, like Manny Machado is literally a right fielder and he's a third baseman? Like, do you think those kinds of that's shifts? That's considered. Be... My, my problem is with the, when they put a guy, an infielder, like 30, 40 feet in the outfield. It's like I think if you're if you're labeled as an infielder, you should have to stay on the dirt. Like you can't be shifted 30 feet out in the right field. So when that lefty hits a screaming line drive that's been a base hit, like, like you said, for the last 100 years, and now it's a routine out. But is yeah. there like rules saying that you can only have so many outfielders or something like that? No, there's there's no rule. That's why like in when like a situation where it's like one out and a runner at third base in the bottom of the ninth, like a sack fly is gonna do you in anyway. That's why they bring in five infielders and they'll bring in like an outfielder with a glove with an infielder's mitt, they plane them up the middle, you know? So yeah. that's why they can do things like that. I would say like I could I could I guess like I could see some people agree with it. I know I know the White Sox certainly would. I mean Tony Russo never shifts and it's it's a it kind of pisses me off like watching games where like uh, i mean i don't know i couldn't tell you like jose ramirez is up batting from the left side and you should be having moncada play deep into right you know like teams put their third baseman's usually on a shift and it's just not happening so um yeah i mean i could see the whole dirt thing i kind of like that idea well it's my thing like if you are labeled as an infielder you shouldn't be able to go play in the outfield and i think that'd be an easy fix to today's problems where there's not enough action there's not enough singles there's not enough doubles where like your position should be where you play if you're a third baseman, you play at third base. You can't shift all the way over to second short right field. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but, I mean, I think I would say, like, baseball's surviving, dude. It, you know, I, I'm old enough now, 30, where, like, every five years, they're like, oh, baseball has a problem. Nobody's watching it. And then five years down the line, 10 years down, people are – baseball's not going anywhere, dude. You know, every sport evolves. Every sport evolves. People are still watching it. Still America's pastime. Little League is a huge part of our culture, our kids growing up. It's not going anywhere. Um, I just think that I don't know how it is. I don't have any kids, but I hope that I hope to God that they're teaching the young kids these days. The old school. I hope it's not all, you know, swing for the fence and, uh, you know, uh, try to throw the balls you know you're gonna be a pitcher only and like i mean come on you know i just i don't know i want to i got i got something i want to i want to like an impromptu little uh little uh thing i want to do here with you guys uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give you guys a scoop or like a rumor of the off season and i want you guys to say fact or fiction if you think it's gonna happen or not or how about that you guys you guys ready to roll that let's do it all right let's do it all right so for number one the collective bargaining agreement for Major League Baseball will be uh, will be end on I believe the fourth or the third or whatever. So they're planning on a lockout. The lockout will last until February first. Fact or fiction? Ryan, go first. 
what I'm thinking here. <laughs> um, I'll say fact. Okay. The lockout will last until February something? February 1st. All right. Well, I don't know if I'm too old or anything, but last time I checked, the season doesn't start in February. So why does that matter? Well, it matters because there'll be free agents I need to sign. And that's like the that's that's basically like everybody's saying, oh, it's going to they'll, they'll be locked off till February. So that's kind of like the date that like people are saying around that time is when. So if play. they if they go into lockout, no trades can happen. No nope. free agent signings can happen. Nothing, nothing can, can happen. happen. It'll be like baseball doesn't exist until they get a, so, a new union. So you think so you yeah. think it's going to last till February 1st, right, Ryan? All right. And then, Nick, what do you think? I think you guys are going to have a heart attack if it if you guys <laughs> You guys can't talk about trades and uh, free yeah, agents. Yeah, I don't. I, I could give a shit less. <laughs> yes, because your Rays will sign some minor leaguer nobody's ever heard yeah, of. It's not news. Hey, did you hear yeah. we signed uh, Corey Kluber? Yeah, they did. They signed Corey Kluber today. Good job to you guys, man. Eight million dollars. It's really breaking the, the bank for the for those dudes. Hey, that's that's, that's good fun. for him. He can play in front oh, of three thousand people. We, that's so how we, we ride or die on those deals, man. Maybe we win us the World Series. We don't know. Dude, who knows? He might win the freaking Cy. <laughs> he might win the Cy Young next year. All right. All right. Got another one for you here. All right. Fact or fiction. Javi Baez is playing shortstop for the Detroit Tigers come opening day. I let us off last time. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, I mean, again, I mean, I don't know the the the, the – I don't know Detroit's situation. Uh, I don't know. They're, they're looking. They're going to sign a shortstop, is what they're, and they've been drawn to Javi. So, well, I think if they got him, good for him, uh, good for them, uh, and good for him. Javi Baez was one of the uh, man. I loved watching him. Uh, his defense, God, that guy is just and base and base running. He is a ex- he is good, exciting, exciting player. Yeah, so I'll say fact. You say fact. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna say fact too. I really think that Javi's like he just looks like a Detroit Tiger, and I just want to hate. I just want to hate the guy. Um, all right, so I'll give you guys the rumor here. Um, the reports are out there that Max Scherzer will sign before the collective bargaining agreement ends on Wednesday. The rumored teams are the Angels, they are the Dodgers, they are the Mets. Um, anybody in the West Coast really is drawn to them. So fact or fiction, Max Scherzer will sign before the deadline Wednesday. I'm gonna say fiction. Fiction. You think he's gonna wait? What do we think, Nick? You think he's waited out? Well, I think he's just looking for some fat paycheck. So whenever that comes, right? No, yeah, I, I, think, I that. think it'll be after the agreement because I think he's gonna wait it out, see what that new agreement is, and then he'll get that he'll get that money somewhere. I saw that article come out today, and the, the teams they named that he was looking at signing. And I go, I almost wanted to comment. What about the Rays? And then. <laughs> Reality, you know, I was like, "Come on, Max, come to the Rays. You got a good chance to put this to the top." Then reality set in, and that's another thing about baseball that's a lot different from other sports. Is you know that is there any salary? Is there a salary cap? There's a there's a luxury tax. So yeah, if, right. if the team goes over, they pay a dollar for every dollar they go over. That is one thing that's very unique about the sport, but cool too that you got teams that have payrolls five times the size of the Rays and the Rays are competing with them. So that's another cool thing about the sport. Yeah. Well, let's think that's the thing with the Rays and why their streak has been so amazing. Cause those dudes in the front office, like they're freaking geniuses that they figure it out every year. Yeah. Payroll. It's half the Yankees. It's half the Red Sox and they kick their ass the last couple of years. So. Yeah. And I enjoy watching the Rays, man. They, uh, they kind of play, well, they play, you know, good defense. Uh, <laughs> 
they got some fast guys on the base pass and stuff. That manager, Kevin Cash, he's won what manager of the year twice in a row. Yeah, I know. He, I know he pissed you off in that World Series when he took out Snell. Yeah. <laughs> you know uh, what? I think he had given up one hit, no runs, or maybe one run, and pulled him in the sixth. It just that's another new age type of thing that just you would have. Oh my God! If you. When I was a kid, there is no way in hell your ace is coming out in game six of the uh, game six of the World Series that you have to win sixth inning. He's given up one hit. There is no way in hell that that would have ever happened back in the day. And look what happened. It bit him in the ass. Oh, yeah. I was going to say back in the old days, which in the old days, freaking 10 years ago, that ace would have thrown 130 pitches before he was getting pulled. Absolutely. All right. Well, as we're talking here, Byron Buxton of the Minnesota Twins has just agreed to a nine-year contract extension. Um, so yeah, good for him. Uh, he was really good. I hated seeing him against the Sox. So that's a that's a big that's big news for the Twins. There, they still suck. They still suck though. All right, I got one last one for you guys. This one's more towards uh, you know the Cub fan and you, Nick. So so bear with me here. This offseason, the Chicago Cubs will sign one of the marquee free agents whether it is a guy like Trevor Story or, you know, Seager type or a good pitcher, whatever, right, whatever the case is, they will sign at least one elite pro, uh, player on, on the free agent market, fact or fiction. Steve, go ahead. Well, they're, they're pretty – they're rebuilding pretty hard right now, so I don't know about that, but um, they got the money to do it. Um they have the 23rd lowest payroll in Major League Baseball, as we were speaking. And, right and you know that the Chicago Cubs, one of the biggest, you know, they make a lot of money. So they got the money to do it. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to say fact on that because the Cubs the last, you know, the last six years have been the most competitive, one of the most competitive teams in all of baseball. And I, I think, think that I- they're going to be hungry to get right back to it. They have no excuse not to spend money. I think I'm going fact on that. Yeah. I, I see I see the Cubs like shocking everybody and like maybe before the deadline here in a couple of days, like going and signing like a like like a Robbie Ray or something, right? Like imagine like Robbie Ray, the Cubs sign Robbie Ray seven years, two hundred million or whatever it is, like the sign of the American League, right? I could see them doing something like that and just shocking everybody. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna say fact on that just because I think they're a team that has a lot of money um and, and they're gonna spend. Uh I, I mean they gotta start spending at some point, right? Might as well start with the good pitcher and then I could see them going after Rodon too. I could see if we're down like Chicago and it sounds like the Sox aren't going to get him. So maybe three years, 75 with like two options or something, I guess you could say for him. So yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, uh, that's uh, that, uh, the rumors are out there, man. The, the stove is hot. People want to sign before the, the deal ends and teams want to, you know, teams want to uh, get themselves situated. Now I did hear Jesse Rogers talking on ESPN 1000 uh, yesterday, Saturday morning. Uh, he was talking about how, Although teams cannot communicate with players during the lockout, like free agents, they can make trades with teams like that aren't technically official, right? So they could go and like the Yankees and A's, who have been apparently talking a lot about Matt Olson and Chapman and some of the pitchers. Like they could make a trade. Um, it's just not official. It's not official, and they can't. It's not like going to go through until the deadline end or the the CBA is agreed upon. But yeah, they can still do things like that. So that's why I feel like the trade market's kind of like stalling a little bit because they know that that's the business they can do. Uh, but they can't talk to free agents, so that's that. Uh, that's gonna be really bad, and I hope that doesn't last too long. So, well, one one thing I want to mention doesn't kind of separate topic, but um, Tampa Bay. So, like when Nelson Cruz came here this year, he was talking about how 
he loves it here. He's like, I'm on vacation every day. That's one <laughs> that thing. Tom Brady, right, came down to Tampa to play. Um, Tampa Bay, as well as Chicago. Chicago's a world class city in the summer. That's that's something that um, I think is kind of becoming a little bit maybe more prevalent in baseball that like destination cities. I mean, right. If you're a player, right. And you're taking into account, do I want to play in can do I want to play in Kansas city or do I want to play in Chicago? Right. Or do I want to play in Kansas city or do I want to play in Tampa Bay? You know, we got, we, at least both of our teams, I think have that working for them too. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I think Tampa Bay is a nice destination place. I mean, if, if the Rays had like a big payroll, I think they'd have they, like they'd have a, a like a, yeah, if they build that if they build that new stadium in Tampa, man, I think you are looking at the Rays being a powerhouse going mm. forward. I mean, they already are, man. They already are. They yeah. got a lot of good talent. Yeah. I mean, my God, they're really good, good organization. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say the last time I was down there, I said that exact thing to you because I think the Nationals were in town or something like that, and I was just like. Dude, when teams come down here to play, I don't even know how they like switch the switch the flick to like, all right, it's game mode time. Because literally, you just like when you're like down there, it's them. just vacation mode, dude. It's just like that. It's such a beautiful area and everything. Like if I was a visiting player, I wouldn't want to go inside the trap where it's just dark and play a baseball game. You know, like I don't want to be on the beach, like chilling. And um, but you're right though. If you can make your permanent home there. Yeah. Retractable roof, which I mean, a lot of the guys. Let's be honest, their permanent homes probably are in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But spring, we we got the spring training for the. We got a lot of spring training down there. Yeah. yeah. How about that? All right. Well, switching gears here, and we'll kind of stick to uh, to Nick's uh, roots here. I want to talk to you about the Bears. I know you're very passionate about the uh, Chicago Bears still, even though you moved down there. Yeah, they're um, number one team. So I just kind of uh, switched over my attention from them to the Buccaneers. You know, since they're out of contention, I'm switching over to the Bucks now. But they are my number one team for sure, yeah. Yeah, so the main thing circulating, like, and obviously you don't get a lot of, like, the local Chicago news, but the main thing that everybody's talking about is Matt Nagy right now. Yeah. And I think it's pretty obvious that probably 99.9% of the city wants him fired. Um and you've been saying that for a couple of years now. Like you're on the fire, Matt Nagy. Yeah, if they would have uh, just listened to me, you know, I mean, they've wasted years. I've been saying this for years, and now everybody realizes it. I mean, we wasted so many great defenses and just wasted years. Waste just through a couple of years down the toilet. So, yeah, time for me to go. You think even with him with the new quarterback that he I'm, – I'm assuming when they drafted him, he told the front office, you got to give me a few years to develop this guy. You think even though that they have Justin Fields now, he'll be gone? <laughs> he's, he's, yes, he's got to. I mean, look, he's an offensive genius, right? The dude's an offensive genius. He comes off of a bye week, comes off of a bye week facing – at home, and they had, what, zero points at halftime? Yep. You come off of, of a bye week. Your head coach is supposedly an offensive genius, and you manufacture zero points in the first half. He should have been fired at halftime. <laughs> yeah, and the thing with that is that I mean, they lost to the Ravens. They lost to the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, without a few other players. And you're right. I think that under Matt Nagy, I think they've gone into halftime with more often three points. More, more times than not, three points or less, more than they've gone into halftime with more than three points. <laughs> Yeah. which like you just said he came here to be an offensive guru and he sh- we've almost been like dead last in offense every single year he's been here 
Yep. So the excuse the excuses have ran out. In my did you hear? Did you hear about that whole thing during midweek about the how Maggie was going to get fired and that report came out? Or did you hear about any of that? Oh yeah, yeah, and then didn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So when Matt Nagy gets fired, which it's inevitable, who who's your number one candidate? Who do you want them to go after? Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> God. Um, I I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know somebody that will understand how to utilize a great defense and a playing in cold weather, you know, and just winning games. I saw the bears go to the super bowl with Kyle Orton and Rex Grossman as quarterback. So, I mean, it's, you know, you just got to have a coach that isn't an idiot. No, I agree. No, I agree. I think Jim Harbaugh would be kind of an interesting candidate because those same exact things like, I mean, he coached Michigan, cold weather town, uh, I mean, he was a quarterback, so he's got the offensive thing going for him. Took I think Niners that'd be a, Super Bowl yeah, too, that he took the year. Niners to the Super Bowl that one year, so I think that'd be an interesting hire. Um, I hope to God it's not Pat Fitzgerald. I've seen his name being rumored around. <laughs> he said, no, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he kind of gets the type of Chicago football, I guess, but I mean, I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, anything else in the Bears before we go into our last segment? Um, no, I hope they stay in Soldier Field. I know they're talking about leaving. I mean, I th- think they need to stay there. I don't know, man. I it's, think they leave. I think it's pretty rough. I mean, there, they bought man. they bought that plot of land for a reason. Like, what are they going to do with it? How about they don't build the season? What what was wrong with the damn uh, the horse uh, track there, man? Did you ever go there? I was talking. Oh, about it was awesome. Down here in Florida, who like he? I didn't even know. And we were talking about Chicago, and then we onto that for some reason. And he's been to racing tracks all over the country, and he said that was one of the most beautiful tracks he had ever been to. I don't know what the hell, why they got rid of that. I always had a good time there. Yeah, I remember uh, our grandparents would take us there, you know, pretty frequently. And, dude, it was a great time. It was beautiful. Yeah. Got to bet on some horses. And, I mean, that was a great, great time. And, uh, what happened? That was kind of during the pandemic when that fizzled out, right? Yeah, I think they closed down during the pandemic, and I don't know if money was tight. I know they didn't. I don't think they charged an admission fee. I don't believe. Uh, I think money might have just been tight, and they just said, "Screw it, it's not, it's not worth it." Um, yeah, when you got they the, sold it to the Bears for a lot of money, so I'm sure they're getting taxed a lot down there by Pritzker. So they got to. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a huge thing too. Um, but no, dude, I see. The, I think the Bears going to build a stadium out there, which I think will be awesome because you look at the new stadiums in like L.A. and Las Vegas, like. What the Bears could build, it could be a world class stadium where they can find they can host Super Bowls and yeah. they can host bowl games and all that stuff. Um, it will be sad to see them actually leave the city of Chicago, but dude, Soldier Field, it's not like an enjoyable experience to go to a game down there. Like the parking sucks. The, That's the, the thing, field's man. not that good. Like the stadium's not that good. It's cold as hell past September. I yeah, I know what you mean, but it is a iconic location down there. Oh, you know. Soldier Field. It'd just be sad to see him leave, but uh, I guess everything comes to an end. Yeah, and I'm sure opposing players love like they get to stay in downtown Chicago and play yeah. right da- right in downtown. And I mean, yeah. it is cool when you watch the broadcast on TV. You know, they always highlight the city and the, the fields right there. But I don't know. I think I think the options. You know, I think the grass could be greener actually. Um, All right, some good bear soccer, man. With the whole with the whole the whole moving of the stadium stuff, man. That's that's a, that's it seems like it's it's far away, but it's really not, you know. It's gonna it'll be here soon. Yeah, it'll be here sooner than we think. Um how about uh how about we get into our beefs this week, huh? 
Yeah, we always let the guests lead us off. Yeah, so our, we our weekly segment, Beef of the Week. Nick, what you got? All right, guys, I got a good one. And I just saw this before I came on the pod here. So uh, so Vanderbilt is uh, a big uh, publicity stunt here with their first ever female player participating in a uh, Division One NCAA football game. You, you heard about the kicker, right, Sarah? Yep, she kicked the ball and ran it right out the field, so she went to get trucked. <laughs> Did you see the kick? No. I think I could have – so they brought her in for a kickoff, all right? So this was the first ever female participating in a NCAA game. And the kick, man, I'm – Pretty sure I could have done better, dude. She just walked up for the kickoff and drilled like a 20-yard ground ball <laughs> kickoff. Wait, was this recent or was this the one I, that was a couple months ago? I, I, I don't know. Just look up uh, Sarah Fuller ground ball was, kickoff. That was a while look, ago. Look sure. up, I don't know, dude, but just look up Sarah Fuller ground ball kickoff. It's the most bizarre I know what you're ta- I know, It's a very I know bizarre – it's about. just bizarre, dude. It's just bizarre. It's like if she had just even kicked it through, if it would have got any airtime, I would have been like, okay. But it was just bizarre. So that's my beef. I think that they might have maybe told her to do that just so there wasn't a potential for a run back and she had to do some blocking. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But that's like a very Vanderbilt football thing. Because you know, their <laughs> yeah. program is just awful. Yeah. It's awful. But, all right, your very first beef. Hopefully it won't be your last. We'll have you on again. Uh, we'll go over to Mario. Yeah, so my beef is, uh, <clears throat> I mean, I was hoping for the CBA to be agreed upon. I mean, I know a lot of people were not as hopeful as I was, but, I mean, it's just it's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate this is what it's come to. They've already they've already moved the, the player uh, tender contract deadline to, 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 I believe, the 1st of December. So, um, yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, it's, it seems legit. It seems like it's happening. Um, a lot of money in the game, and we're still coming to those kind of things. So it's just unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. That's my beef. Just the whole both sides of the of the argument here. Um, it's it's rough. It sucks. It sucks for the sport. Hopefully, it doesn't lead into the season. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, because lockouts are terrible. Like it, it just it demoralizes a fan, like the fan base and will be. Like I remember when uh, what was it? Who went into a really long lockout? Was it the NBA? It was hockey. It was hockey. Or hockey? They only played like half a season because yeah. of it, or something like that. Yeah, I hope I hope that doesn't happen. Man, be. I was when the Blackhawks were good too. Yeah. All right. Uh, my beef of the week. Man, I don't really know. Uh, I'll say my beef of the week is with the Cubs, dude. Because I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot of signings as of yet. But the Cubs haven't. They signed Wade Miley off waivers a couple weeks ago, and ever since that, they haven't done a single thing since. Um. So my beef with the Cubs. They got a lot of improvements to make. Obviously, their roster was awful last year, full of minor leaguers, and they haven't done a whole lot yet to improve it, which I expect them to. But as of yet, they've just been sitting on their hands, not doing a whole lot. I don't know if it's because the agreement coming up or what, but the Cubs, I mean, you got to figure it out. Obviously, like, your team is not very good right now, so you you got a lot to fix. So you better get to it. No. Another another 108 years. (laughs) I hope not. Oh, man. All right, well, with that being said, that was our last thing. I don't know. Do you got anything else for the podcast, Nick? Oh, just last thing. So tonight, well, I guess this isn't going to come out tonight, is it? Tomorrow morning. All right. Well, tomorrow morning you can look and see who won the USL championship. The USL uh, is the basically the AAA of uh, American soccer. 
And uh, tonight on ESPN, uh, 7.30 Eastern, uh, 7.30 Central Time, uh, Tampa Bay is uh, playing in the USL Championship on uh, ESPN. So hopefully uh, we our soccer team can uh, bring that home. Hey, man, actually, I do want to talk to you about that, man. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a uh, Mario's I'm a, big soccer fan. I'm a, I'm a Mexican support. I support the Mexican national team, but I'm also American, man. Obviously, that's like my country, my first country. That's where I'm born, you know. So I'm a big I'm a big USA fan. You know, USA is looking great. Pulisic's looking great. Um, a, lot of, a lot of good, a uh, lot of good talent in, for the future to come here, man. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that, man, really quickly here? Yeah, no, they uh, the Christian Pulisic is a dog, and I think this new coach that they have, uh, Burhalter, I think he's got it going. Uh, we're pretty much looking like well, we beat Mexico in the qualifiers. They beat them three times already, man. And like Mexico, I mean, they're the the thing with Mexico is they they got a lot of talent there. Um, they got a lot of youngsters too, and for whatever reason, they just haven't been able to click. But so I mean, beating Mexico the way the U.S. has and like handled them, and it, it, they've just been they've been well, you know. Uh, like Sergino does, he's making a lot of strides. Uh, McKinney's doing looking very well too, obviously. And then being led by Pulisic, man, I mean, they're they got some young stars. Like this is the first time, probably, I mean, in my lifetime at least. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say your lifetime too. This is the first time that the U.S. national team has had like star worldwide star talent like throughout the team. Um, and you know they're all and uh, Gio Reyna as well, man. He's I think he's still in Borussia Dortmund in the German league, in the Bundesliga. Uh, I think he's, you know, he's, he's making strides too. So man, this team is, this team is, it's got a chance to to run into a golden, you, I would call it a golden era, golden age of, of talent, man. And that's, that's something that I think, and I, I think that's just me being hopeful, but at the same time, there's some talent there that they can build off of. I don't know what you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, the world cup is fun as hell, right? You know, America's not like a huge soccer uh, country, but the world, everybody can agree the World Cup is fun as hell, right? Even people that never watch soccer enjoy it. And um, and hopefully maybe people can kind of start getting into the MLS more. Um, it's fun. It's fun. I'm hoping that our Tampa, that the Tampa Bay team I'm talking about, hopefully they are added to MLS soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, um, hopefully, yeah, hopefully the USA, it looks like they're going to qualify for the World Cup, so. Oh yeah. Well, I was gonna say the USA—they they didn't qualify for the last one, did they? They didn't, man. They didn't, and it's this it, is awful. It's so embarrassing. Is, the thing, well, the thing is, USA the last time the World Cup was came around, they had a lot of guys like fading out. This time around, their team is very, very youthful. Like they're they're guys like Pulisic's twenty three, you know, uh, Gio Reyna's nineteen, uh, McKinney who plays on Juventus in, in Italy, he, he's you know twenty years old too, uh, Gio Reyna, twenty ish years old too. So the team has stars in like the leagues that you would say are like cream of the crop, you know, like, like MLS and Liga MX in Mexico, those leagues have some talent. They're all older talent, aren't they? Uh, like those they're, no, they're, they're, they're all very, very young guys. Uh, there are some old guys like, like I know a few years ago, I, I know Nick, uh, you're a big Drogba guy. He came and played for the Phoenix team here. You know, people, they call it retirement village, man. They come over here and they, and they play. Uh, but, but for the majority of the time, it's just guys who, who are, aren't the most talented, but they come over here and they play, they make some decent money and they play and they, they hope to get back over to Europe. And when they get over to Europe, you know, they're playing guys like Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo types. Right. And then uh, they, they, the, the bigger, more expensive teams, they end up buying everybody up. And, you know, that's where the, some of the guys that USA has like Christian Pulisic plays for Chelsea, who's in my opinion, the best soccer team in the world. I think Nick, I mean, I'm not too sure how familiar you are with that, but, they won the champions league last year 
Um, they just played Manchester United this morning and, you know, they tied them, whatever. Um, they're at the top of the Premier League table. And then you got, you know, Gio Reyna's playing in Borussia Dortmund, who, who's a really good team in Germany. Uh, McKinney's playing with Juventus, who's a good team in Italy. Uh, and, and Sergino Dest is on Barcelona. So we all know Barcelona's always been historically good. So we got players who are on those teams. Uh, that's something yeah. that Mexico doesn't have right now, and that's what they used to have. So that's why you can almost say if this talent continues to grow and develop and they actually get opportunities in Europe, they can be a really, really top, I'm, in my opinion, a top 10 powerhouse in the, in the world. I mean, that's just me. Uh, but, yeah, man, a lot of things to look up for. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm not too familiar with MLS, but. That's awesome. What is, when is the World Cup? World Cup would be next year, uh, I believe, in November. They're doing uh, it for the first time in the in the winter. It's in Dubai, right? Yeah, yeah that's that's why it's kind of weird, man. They usually do it around May, June. Yeah, when, it's when people great. are off. It's always great. Like June rolls around, and you got like the whole month of June. You know, summer's starting, and you got the World Cup. I'll miss that a little bit, but it'll yeah. still be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's going to interview with league play. I think that's why people are kind of you know a little taken off by it. But there'll be a pause in league play, and then those leagues will probably just go into June and July or whatever. So, so Nick, I got to ask you, like, you're obviously my brother. We didn't grow up in a huge soccer family at all. I know you played a little bit when you were younger. Like, dude, where did your uh, where did your passionate soccer fandom come from? <laughs> um, I guess, dude, I would honestly contribute it to Sundays. So, like, well, like Sundays not during football season. So, you know, I'd be hanging around the house on Sunday, wanting to watch sports, and I got into um, NASCAR, golf and soccer it would kind of be my day and in iso it went from not really knowing much about any of those three to really being into i'm a big nascar guy golf a little bit and and then started watching soccer and just it took a while to get used to soccer it took don't get me wrong you know for all the people out there that uh don't really get soccer but you know hang out with some people have a few drinks watch a world cup game and watch a few World Cup games, and you'll start to get it, and it's it's fun. So yeah, because in other parts of the world, soccer is like soccer is God. Like in Europe, I mean, oh my God, dude, it's like the biggest the biggest sport over there. So obviously, it draws people attention for some reason. But I guess I just haven't hopped on that train. Yeah, you just gotta spend a little bit of time watching it and a team that you're rooting for. You always gotta have somebody to root for, right? So you're a little bit more invested. So. Yeah, man. I mean, that's how I kind of. I mean, obviously, I have like ties to soccer but i love european soccer man it's 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 because for all the talents where all the talent is it's like it's just it's awesome to watch the champions league games and stuff you know teams from different leagues playing each other kind of thing it's 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 awesome to watch those kinds of things so yeah man um it's really easy it's really hard to get into but when you get into it like you 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 can sense like the passion from the fan bases and then like you get into it and like you start caring about it too so yeah all righty man well that that about wraps it up we really appreciate you joining uh, it's been a long time coming. I know we've talked about you having you on for a couple of times. So dude, I hope uh, I hope it went well. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, dude, it was fun. Um, so, man, awesome. Let me know uh, when you want to get on again and talk about Champa Bay. Champa Bay. Hopefully, yeah, you're, hopefully your minor league soccer team contributes to the Champa Bay. <laughs> yeah, I might go. Uh, who knows what I might do tonight, boys. I might go to the pool. I might go down to the beach, do some fishing. Oh, yeah. I'll let you know. Some luxuries of Tampa Bay, man. We'll, we'll be freezing to death in our houses. Um, I don't know. I don't know. We might go. Uh, might go on the on the highway, get taxed for that. So. <laughs> Build a snowman. Who knows? Who knows where our day's gonna go? 
All right. Thank you, Nick. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the 12-6 podcast. We will see you next week.